Ahlan wasalan, Danny, to the final episode of Shift F1 for the 2017 season. Uh, uh, happy Christmas to you too. It means welcome. What was it? Welcome, welcome. Ahlan wasalan. Well, thank you for having me. I love this circuit and what a wonderful season it's been. So I'll just uh, stay for a little while and then I'll leave and come back in three months. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, th- hey, thanks for uh, covering for me. No problem. Uh, last um, week, I, I, I it was a real last minute job as I <laughs> forgot to do it, and then <laughs> was like, "Fuck, it's Wednesday," and I just edited this video, but I I should do a podcast, so I did a podcast. But uh, it's a it's a, a a fun track. I like that circuit a lot, so it was a it was a fun one to do for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's symbolic the sun setting on the, on the race and and the track itself. Yeah. I love it. I think it's really good. I Season. think whoever came up with that is a genius. Like presumably they had to do it. They had to think about it when they were actually constructing the circuit. Uh, so whoever oh you think so pulled that one off. I'm just thinking like would they have put floodlights all over the place if oh, they hadn't? Yeah. Maybe they would have. It's an incredibly wealthy part of the world, um, and also the the hotel as well. Like would they have? I don't know. Maybe when maybe it went the other way around. Maybe the the egg came before the chicken and. And they built all this stuff so it would look pretty at night. And then we're like, hey, you know what? We should put this at the end of the season and make it look rad <laughs> at the end. Uh, and it super does. They should do Australia early in the morning then. <laughs> yeah. So Crack of dawn. from dark until yeah, just as the Just as the ruse are waking up. <laughs> uh, all right, Danny. Last race of the season. Uh... Just some setting of the stage here. Yes. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg needs to get seventh place or higher to give Renault another seven million dollars in prize money. Right. Um, that's the that's one of that's one of the biggies. Yeah. That whole other, sort of battle. It's kind of a two way battle. It's it's kind of a three way battle, but it's not really. It's more of a two way battle. Just yeah. I mean, Haas him. technically could have yeah. gotten that slot too if like they both get in the points and some other stuff happens. Uh, but yeah, Renault could vault Toro Rosso for I think sixth place in the constructors' championship. Right. Which um, uh, some some if listeners may know, I guess that the standings in the constructors' championship are not just for you know bragging rights; they right. carry with them cash money. Um. So yeah, seven million dollars if if Hulkenberg can hold on to seventh place. A lot of money, and it's also it's pretty you know with every advertising deal that you do then for the next four or six months next 12 months basically that that also carries weight as well if you can say that you're in the top half or you can say that you're better than x y and z then it makes a big difference than you being like second last or something yeah very true uh the the other sorry it's it's a funny situation for toro rosso though because like essentially they're fighting against themselves because it's it's all because of carlos Sainz swapping teams (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like right. he effectively got all their points and since you know they're basically running with with hardly gasly who are like two drivers who are not you know points winning drivers they're so it's, this, this whole thing has been sort of like a slow slowly them catching up with with themselves again i um, wonder if uh Reno was like look we'll give you seven million dollars in extra salary what do you think <laughs> right. and they come out even <laughs> break even that'll be deal of the century uh, also, uh, that could ha- things that could happen in this race. Botas needs to finish first and have Vettel go out mm. to get second place in the drivers' championship. Yes, Otherwise Vettel gets it. 
that's a that's a big one and then a little bit further in the pack is the uh daniel ricardo kimi raikkonen battle mm. um yeah because the two of them are very close as well uh and i think what did kimi have to get he'd need ricardo i think he needed to get like eight points on him or something how close are they i don't remember uh look it up something something like that yeah, it was a good one. It was it was it was a fun like. There's a couple of little things going on in this one, which I think was uh was was um interesting to watch. When ultimately, I mean, if you're not a fan of F1 or you're new to the sport, you kind of think, oh, it's all about the championship. It's all about who wins number one. But like any sport, it's the minutia that actually is the thing that gets you excited about every moment in a race and every every sort of race and every, and every year. So, uh, you know the championship's done and dusted but there's enough little things happening in here and then other stories like Massa's last race and him and Alonso and all this sort of stuff that that you can sort of uh, appreciate and and I felt uh, although this race was dare I say it shit <laughs> there was a lot there was a lot of uh, stuff there was enough kind of like story arcs coming to a close that I found it entertaining uh, regardless, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely one of those races that the, for for deep-seated F1 fans, I think, you need to have a lot of background to to get out of it what there was to get out of it. I think right. for the the casual um, you know, race fan maybe, maybe not as exciting um... <laughs> But yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's it was a fine way to go out. I think um, I, I I felt made me feel good about the whole 2017 season, and I'm really excited for uh, 2018. And we've already got some news that we'll get to later in the show oh, yeah. uh, that are, that it's, you know makes it more exciting. But the uh, qualifying was kind of the same as the race, really. It was sort Christ. of just like a, a known quantity, except for the fact that Botas pipped Hamilton for, for pole position. Yeah, and right at the death, I think it was Ricardo managed to split the Red Bulls, which was or the Ferraris, apologies. Yeah, that was um, cool. Which was nice as well, but you're right. We essentially had the top six, um, just maybe not in the most default setup they're in. <laughs> But still in a relatively default uh, Yeah, setup. I wonder if you took the average places Ooh. of qualifying throughout the season and put them against this, what it would look like. Yeah. Uh, there's Okay, here, I'll go through it. Botas on, on pole, uh, followed by Hamilton, Fettel, Ricardo, Raikkonen in fifth, Verstappen, Hulkenberg, Perez, Ocon, and Massa are the top ten. Right, so, so Massa I, getting into the top 10 was a nice, like... He actually... I think he knocked out... He did. He knocked out Alonso. Yeah, he did. Alonso was in 10th. Yeah. So that was cool. That doesn't matter uh, race. Hulkenberg, I think that's the, the surge of Renault in the second half of the season, I think, is, mm. is uh, more of a, a recent uh, development. But uh, Perez and Ocon in the Force Indias, I mean, they're they're the solid fourth-place team. Um and so having them them up there makes a lot of sense. Williams is, uh, you know, inconsistent. Uh, by the yeah. way, as an aside, before I forget, I watched that Williams documentary. Oh, you um, did? Yeah, okay. it's, it's really good. It, it, you know, I'd always kind of been a fan of Williams, but this just humanizes them so much more. They talk like it's basically about their family, right? Uh, okay, and and how Frank Williams is sort of this, uh, you know like a lot of people in Formula One, super, super dedicated to the sport uh, and has made it his entire life. Um, it's it's really good. I, I don't know where people can watch it. Um, I think it's a BBC production. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but if, if you come across it, like if it comes to Netflix or something, um, uh, recommended. Nice. Uh, but 11th place, uh, Alonzo, followed by Signs, uh, Van Dorn. I forgot his name for a second. Uh, the Unstoppable. Uh, Magnuson in 14th, followed by Stroll, Grosjean, Gasly, uh, Verline, Erickson, and Hartley. Mm. Uh, he, he qualified last, but also had a 10 place grid penalty for engine. Right. Race. So not looking great already for Toro Rosso because Gasly is no, I mean, like 14th or something, is he? Uh, I guess the 17th. 7th. Okay, fuck. Well, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's going to be a tall order for them to, uh, to, to uh, you know, keep Renault from getting that. I mean, you know, Hulkenberg still needs to get 7th place, though. Right. And, so, and and also, so where are the Haas's at this stage? Grosjean's, what, 16th? 16th. Magnuson's 14th. Right. So, like, you know, maybe one of them get, yeah, one or, one or, one of them probably may yeah, sneak some, into the top Some 10, things but. would have to happen. Yes, you're basically looking at Hulkenberg and you're looking at Carlos Sainz Jr. And you're like, all right, both of you have to go out. All <laughs> right. To mess this up. Uh, you want to take us through the start, Danny? Sure, why not? Nothing really happened, to be honest, so it'll be a real quick one. Um, both us. <laughs> everyone kind of just went easy peasy into that first turn. There was a bit of a lockup from uh, Vettel in third position. Uh, but uh, essentially, Botas got around that first turn uh, with Lewis Hamilton behind him, which he'll be very happy about. Vettel then in there. Ricardo kind of tried a little bit then inside of there, but um, the first turn, but nothing really happened. So they were kind of all square going through those first couple of turns, but there was a spin um, of one of the Hosses, which was not Grosjean, I don't believe. Yeah, it was Magnussen. Um, who- he, he went off a bit at turn one uh, and... Got some sand on his tires. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of lost it. It didn't. Yeah. I don't think anyone hit him. I think he just got up on the curves and and the the rear end kind of fell out on. Uh, yeah. That's what it kind of looked like. So that was that was uh, uh, bad for him. Um, uh, nothing really much else going through the rest of that that first lap. To be honest, uh, Brennan Hartley went a little bit wide on one of the turns, um, and it was a little bit of a fun battle between um, Kimi Räikkönen and and Daniel Ricciardo, uh, but. Uh, Nothing so much happened in in terms of uh, um, like significant places getting uh, getting changed. Yeah, Reckoning uh, did get some momentum on Ricardo and tried to pass on that on the outside. Uh, but yeah, Ricardo used his uh, exceptional braking skills to defend mm. deep on the inside. Verstappen also earlier in the lap had tried to take it to Reckoning, but uh, couldn't end up getting by at the at the hairpin. But I, I like I like your the gusto Verstappen. Yes, for sure. And uh, and I liked how once again we were seeing that I said it in the the podcast last week that the 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 double DRS straight that you get here means that sometimes there's overtaking on that first one, but ultimately most people try dive down that second one a lot. And on that first lap at least with Kimi and Daniel um uh we we saw that oh okay, that's happening again this year. We're, like people are going to throw themselves down the inside of that. Um, uh, maybe get a bit of uh, flat spotting on their tires, but it might, it might be worth it depending on where in the race. So that was cool. Yeah, and uh, actually we saw that kind of leapfrog uh, happening on that first lap with Hulkenberg and Perez. Right. Um, yeah. It did, uh, and, and and it comes up a little bit later, I think, with, with Roman Grosjean who did that, who, who was doing what I was saying a lot of drivers try not to do, which is to overtake on that first turn because ultimately they give it up on the second one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. That must be what I'm talking uh, thinking of. But Hulkenberg like and lap, Perez. Lap six. 
Yeah, it's lap six with Grosjean yeah, yeah. and Stroll. Uh, but on that first lap, Hogenberg um, uh, went to the outside of Perez and manages to take seventh place, uh, which I think Perez must have jumped him somewhere uh, in that in the opening stanza. Right. Uh, but Perez then comes over the radio and says Hulkenberg cut a corner and then he needs to give the position back. Uh, Hulkenberg then says Perez pushed him off the track. So another one of those he said, she said things. Nice. But uh, a ruling comes in three laps later, five-second time penalty for Hulkenberg. Yeah, um, and I think by the time that ruling came in, he had already gotten five seconds ahead of him. <laughs> so it was it, yeah. a, a little bit redundant. Yeah, he, he, I have to side with the um, against Hulkenberg on that one. Yeah, they, it took a while for them to show the replay, but it it's pretty egregious. Yeah. Uh, he, he locks it up into a turn um, with Perez and then goes off and rejoins way up the track. But it, it, You know what it reminds me of? It's one, there's one or two th- turns in the season where where drivers want to get pushed wide. Like, they're, they're just mm. dying for it. One of them is the first turn in Monza, because if they can go through that escape road, especially on the first... Um, the first lap where all the traffic happens in that little chicane, the the the, the, the yeah chicane, double chicane, um, then they can get get to go through. And the other one used to be the wall of champions, but then they put that cone in. Do you remember when <laughs> yeah. they said you you gotta come in by this cone? And I feel like that was what happened with Hulkenberg in that instance, where it was like, I'm gonna try here, and you better not push me out. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I better rejoin the track. <laughs> It, I mean, yeah. it is a bit of a gamble, though, because if he gives the position back, he would have been, uh, in in one scenario, he would have been better off than having gotten a five-second penalty if right. their cars were the same. Yeah. Um, but maybe he he could get away with it and either eke out that five seconds quickly or not even get a penalty at all. So it's this, you know, it's a, it's a gamble. Yeah. Bal- but it paid off in his act. favor. Yeah. It did in the end, yeah, because he... Well, we'll get to his pit stop later. Um, but yeah, after after lap one, the top 12 are exactly the same as they started. <laughs> Good old Abu Dhabu. Yeah. Abu Dhabu do. Uh, the big loser there is Magnuson with his spin. He drops five, uh, six spots to 20th. Yeah, which is not what fucking Haas needed if they were going to try and get some points no. this race. He got Something both also- the drivers bottom quarter. Yeah, something also happened to Van Dorn. He dropped two spots. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I must have missed that. I didn't, I didn't see anything. He might have just got had his had his lunch stolen from him on one of those turns. He but, yeah he he has some kind of problem. He says uh, on lap five, I have no rear grip. Is there anything I can do? And his mm-hmm. engineer just says, uh, Yeah, we see that. <laughs> Great, so, confirmed. Thanks. You yeah. are accurate. The car is not working the way you'd like it to. Um. If nothing else, though, the, the early part of this race was that whole Grosjean stroll battle was was super fun for like yeah. a good five six laps. Yeah, he evenly matched. Um, interesting uh, commentary from uh, David Coulthard saying you have to make the defensive move before you see the attacking car make his yes. for safety reasons, which is one little quirk that I, I didn't really realize. Yeah, because they can. That's what happened when, because the double move used to be you make your defensive move and then you can counter against it, and then they were like, "Oh no, you can't do that." So then people just stopped doing their defensive move, <laughs> which is basic. I mean, that's cutting people off, right? So 
that that was the sort of the ruling then was that oh no 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 sorry you not only are you not allowed to make two moves you also can't just wait for them to make theirs and then fucking get in the way right um yeah yeah so but and it looked to at least to dc that uh stroll was looking in his mirrors to see which way grosjean was gonna go and yeah. then blocking him there and i loved it i love yeah. when grosjean gets angry it's great <laughs> it kind of forces him to be the better drive to be as good a driver as he is and he's a world champion in a different in a different division right so like he's he's got it he just you know sometimes he he doesn't have great races but i think ultimately when he when he did get past him um on lap 11 um it was a super good overtake and, and he totally deserved it yeah he grosjean was like extra aggressive that time yeah uh, and maybe made some contact i don't know i haven't watched the onboards yet but um it was it was down into that second the 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 turn at the end of that second year straight as well i think yeah uh, and and I think it was the first one because Stroll gets him back on the next straight, but Grosjean makes it around him at the turn, sealing the deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, w- one of the better back and forths I think that we've seen this year. Hmm. And maybe the best part of the race. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Oh, we got. I actually have a lot of notes here. So do I, actually, uh, for some reason. Although I remember almost falling asleep when it was on. Thank God, though. 8 a.m., man. Fucking East Coast is just. It's great. No, no more of this 5 a.m. nonsense, and I have to go that's, back to bed after a race is finished. <laughs> that's nice. Must be nice, Danny. <laughs> uh, interesting radio from or to Hamilton saying that they want to take him or they want him to take turn 11 in second gear because they're getting a turbo vibration. Oh, okay. Um, which I, I don't know. I, I like things like this because it's another glimpse below the waterline of that iceberg of knowledge that we just don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> you know totally. about the minutia of, like, of what driving does that these mean? cars yeah. does that mean that they want to mitigate it or they're trying to understand what it is or like it's it's so interesting yeah I, I, I imagine that it's just you know one of those safety precautions they don't want their engine to explode mm. um, although but, uh, really six... if you're going to have an engine explode <laughs> let this be the race true <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter uh Similarly, McLaren responded to Van Dorn uh, off the air. Um, I, the commentators uh, relayed it with like sort of similar stuff, saying things like, uh, well, we could improve your grip by changing the brake bias to the front, but that would increase front lockups. So I love hearing stuff like that, especially when I can kind of understand it like that one. Right. That's, that's almost like when the video game is like, that's, that's like movie exposition. Yeah, where like yeah. you kind of assume he would know that <laughs> but it's uh yeah i really like that a lot that that type of thing i think i think some of the commentators do a really good job of of explaining that stuff but i kind of do feel like they could do even a little bit more even just reminding you because there's some stuff that you can't even, you're just not thinking of half the time because yeah. like there's enough going on just to remind you stuff like that that'd be cool yeah agreed uh, let's see. Lap 15, Verstappen pits, uh, goes on to super soft from his ultra softs, uh, rejoins ninth, plays ahead of Massa and behind Ocon. Uh, Raikkonen pits a lap later and gets out in seventh ahead of Ocon, which provides a nice buffer uh, to Verstappen, who's sitting in ninth. Uh, but fortunately for Max, he's able to get by Ocon at the first DRS zone and go after Raikkonen. Mm-hmm. Uh, lap 17, Gasly spins near the pit entrance. Another, just a weird one. He just loses it. Uh, drops down to 17th place, uh, which puts him close ahead of Ericsson. Uh, lap 18, Hogenberg pits and serves his five-second penalty. Uh, also has a problem with his right rear uh, and rejoins in 12th behind Grosjean, but ahead of Perez, critically. Hmm. 
Uh, around that time, also Grosjean asks if he can fight these guys coming up on the back of him, and his engineer says yes, which puts Hulkenberg in that tricky spot of trying to pass Grosjean, but also holding off Perez. Uh, lap 20, Ricardo pitting. Bad stop. Uh, yeah. Something wrong with... Which was it? Um, uh, one, one of his tires or something? Um, or no, that was somebody else. Uh, it's a bad stop because he surprised the team. Uh, he came in like said he was losing tire pressure and they were not ready for him. This is Ricardo, is it? Ricardo, yeah. Yeah, they were running out with the tires as he was coming in. And it was kind of like, oh, no, they fucked it up. But then, yeah, it seemed like he had, was losing pressure in one of the tires and they were worried about a slow puncture, I think. Yeah, he. we get a replay a few laps later of what looks like him striking the wall yes. uh, and losing some carbon fiber. So that was a weird one, but they sent him back out, uh, gets uh, back on the track in fourth ahead of Raikkonen. Uh, in the meantime, though, Hulkenberg did find a way past Grosjean for 11th place, but then, boom, Grosjean passes him again, right. playing leapfrog once again. Uh, which is which is weird, because I, I wonder then if if the Haas cars are just too good in the corners. Um, yeah, it was funny. He, he like seemed Williams to overtake him relatively line. easily, and I, I actually yeah. remember I, I wrote down, I, I thought that something had happened to Hulkenberg. I thought, like, oh, he's like, something's wrong with the car. Um but or but he actually he hadn't he just Grosjean did a fair overtake. Yeah, uh, although it doesn't last long because Hulkenberg retakes twelfth a few turns later, having mm. to defend hard on Grosjean though, uh, and locking up as he does so. Rogro giving us that entertainment. Yeah, somebody's bringing it to the table. Merci beaucoup, Roman. <laughs> Uh, lap 21, Vettel pits, rejoins uh, in third place ahead of Ricardo and behind Hamilton. But also on that lap, Ricardo retires with a hydraulic problem. Nightmare. Third DNF in four races. And that Oof. also means that his fourth place position in the championship is essentially not up to him anymore. It's whether or not um, Kimi Raikkonen can get, I think it was only something like five points he might have needed. No, nah, maybe, maybe, maybe eight. Yeah. Uh, lap 22, Botas pits from first place and rejoins in second behind Hamilton, mm. but uh, safely ahead of Fettel. And Hamilton then starts setting uh, purple sectors, attempting to overcut Botas. So Botas is out on those new tires, but Hamilton is going faster than him, trying to make up the time. Mm. Uh, the battle between Massa and Alonso during that little, that little stint. Yeah. Where Hamilton was uh, trying to do that. Because Hamilton's out there for quite a bit. He doesn't pit in the following lap. Yeah. It's like um, four laps or something. Yeah, just trying to eke out some more time. Because uh, he's going to lose it a lot when he comes in for the pit, which he does on lap 24. Uh, and rejoins behind Botas by a fair margin. So uh, <laughs> yeah, still 11 so seconds ahead of Vettel. Uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a good battle between Massa and Alonso. Massa having to jump off the racing line to defend. Um, and as such, cannot take the DRS to Alonso uh, in the following sector. But uh, it's if if Alonso did that on purpose, it was a genius move. Yeah. Uh, Twenty nine. Botas hits traffic. Hamilton closes up to less than a second to Botas. Mm. Uh, though Botas uh, will get the DRS off of the back markers. Um, looks like Hamilton has a like he he goes for it on lap thirty one. Um, 
really trying to, I think, make the most of his tires when they're good, but he locks it up and goes off a bit and loses some time, so that, that yeah. puts him at a disadvantage for a while. Big shame. Into one of the many large runoff areas around that hotel area. Um, yeah. Just it's all it's all a matter of seconds. He's within a second, he's further from a second, he's locking up. Like you can see Hamilton's really struggling to try and get the get close enough to overtake on Bottas and it, it seems like no matter what he does, he's never able to get in an overtaking position. Just whether it has something to do with the, 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 the arrow on that car or or something of that nature. But even on the DRS rates, even on that second DRS rate, he never seems to get anywhere close to, to threatening Bottas. Yeah. Certainly after after that. That particular lap. Yes, for sure. Uh, lap 32, Signs pits from seventh place, and it looks like a fine stop, but as he comes out of the pits, he almost doesn't make the turn onto the track right. and then appears to just cut straight across the infield. Yeah, tire problem. Wasn't stuck on right. <laughs> yeah, we get a like a radio message. Yeah, one tire is not on, That's <laughs> says Signs. Uh, but on the replay, he barely makes it through the, the pit tunnel. Yeah, really bad. You, you could see that he might have... You could almost see that if he knew at that stage that the tire was fucked, then maybe you should pull off as quickly as you can. But I think the only exception is when the pit lane is an underground tunnel that they'd have to, like, red flag the race, basically, to, to yeah. get you out of it. Um, but, yeah, crazy, wasn't it? Imagine if he added that wall. They would have they would have had to have stopped the race. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone's crashed there before. I think maybe somebody pipped us the first couple of years, but I don't think anyone's actually rammed their car into it and gotten stuck at any stage hmm. even in a practice session <laughs> austin powers it yeah <laughs> exactly um do you want a little pre-race uh, points update on this one because I, I i did one I, I tweeted one out at this stage during the race oh okay so great yeah just so everyone was kind of up to date so at this stage the, the, the sort of the four main battles that are happening here vettel uh, is going to keep uh, second in the championship bottas needs him to retire um, and obviously to win the race uh, to get it, it looks like Bottas might actually um, uh, get the get the twenty five points. But Vettel, of course, is is still holding fast in third position, essentially on his own for the entire race up till this point. He's he's been totally not threatened by uh, anyone in fourth, and uh, and is nowhere near the Mercedes. So he's racing his own race. I don't think I saw him for the whole race. Um, Ricardo is going to lose fourth place at this stage if Kimi gets seven points is what he needs. Sorry, seven points. Kimi, of course, is in fourth position at this stage, uh, which will secure him 12 points. So he'd, he'd win it by five at that stage. Um, the signs retirement means that Renault uh, will barely pass Toro Rosso as is. So they're just trying to make sure that Nico or, or uh, yeah, Hulkenberg doesn't um, retire as well. And then they should be OK. Because he's um, in sixth right now, right? yes that's I what think i have so. here yeah. yeah with ricardo's retirement i think with that yeah that puts him up there um uh, and also we can sort of assume that gazi and hartley won't get any points today so hulk needs seventh or higher to get sixth outright in the uh, constructions uh sorry in the constructors uh championship i i sixth would have had them equal on points so if he gets sixth they'll be equal on points um i thought that that meant that the uh, the constructors will be a tie if the points matched. But actually, somebody on Twitter, I wish I had their name now, told me that the highest finishes, oh, sorry, the highest finish counts, uh, which would give six to Toro Rosso because Sainz got fourth place. Um, oh. Ironically, he would actually yeah. take the the construction championship away from himself. Um, so uh, yeah, he, essentially at this stage, Hulkenberg needs to get. Um, seventh or higher and uh or sixth or higher and he's sixth at the moment seventh or all right yeah. yeah um 
weird side note here that I noted around this time. Williams doesn't have Martini uh, painted on their cars for yeah, you know, obvious reasons because we're it's in not, the UAE and it's not it's not real champagne cool. either at the ceremony. No, it's ro- rose water. Uh, but I also thought it was weird that the stripes on their car are blue only. There's no red, so That's not funny. even the Martini colors are allowed. Yeah, that must be part of it, I guess. They, 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 there was something similar um, when they used to uh, drive in, in Manicourt and some of the French ones where they weren't allowed to have cigarette um, advertising. So, uh, of course, back then, the the you know the Marlboro written all over those, uh, it was the Ferraris, right? So that was the, uh, the, the they famously had to like not have that, but it, 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 they fashioned it so it basically, your brain still read it as Marlboro. <laughs> like, I forget what they did, but... You know, it didn't oh, really was make it, much of was it Ferrari? Difference. Was it? I think it was Ferrari had the Marlboro on the. Because there's the there's rear. that one paint scheme of Ferrari that I've seen where it looks like a barcode across the back of their, um, wing. Yes, that's supposed to invoke the letters, but not actually say them. Right, maybe when it's going fast or something. I yeah, I, I could be wrong about what that is, but. Yeah, it was the... Oh, no, it was the McLaren. Sorry, it was it was the McLaren that had Marlboro. Sorry, it's a red and white car. I'm just getting my red and white cars mixed up. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. It was it was the old McLarens had them. Uh, but yeah, there's some, something weird with uh, racing around the world. Yeah. Uh, lap 35, Stroll seems to have a problem. Gets passed by Ericsson, which you don't see every day. No. Uh, and then lap 37 pits and gets new tires. So maybe it was just a flat spot issue after the race. He, he says that, uh, I think they pitted twice. So he used three different, maybe three times. He just could not get comfortable with the tires. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gotta change my shoes. I can't dance. <laughs> right. Which, you know, I, I'm so conflicted about stroll. Why, why is uh, that? He's just, I don't know. People blast him for being like a rich kid, but they're, they're all rich kids <laughs> with the, you know, with the exception of, of Hamilton. Um, right. But you know, like uh, to, to levy that to him so strongly and, and, and not like sort of overlook it for everyone else is, is strange to me. So right. it, it, that makes me want to leap to his defense. Right. Like and fight and say like, a bit. yeah. And like, okay, no, forget that. Let's see what he can do. But he just, he's so inconsistent he doesn't like that's not a good argument uh so he's terrible in qualifying he even said i think in the off season somewhere i saw maybe it was f1 fanatic that like that's what he's going to be focusing on in in the off season is qualifying uh and i think even on this qualifying weekend he didn't get out of or he didn't get out of q2 uh and said over the radio like that was everything i had i just i don't know where i can go faster uh mm. but massa got to q3 so um maybe the wrong he's had retire. a year <laughs> I, yeah i don't know <laughs> uh yeah left 39 Veriline looking racy with magnuson ahead which is cool yeah. to see a sauber apparently uh sauber had fixed something with their handling for the last two races which is why we've seen them more in the mix Right. Uh, they're still, you know, pretty underpowered. They're using the uh, 2016 Ferrari engines, which instead uh, of a steering wheel, they're using a DualShock Four. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wearing barrels. <laughs> um, great little battle, yeah, between them. Uh, 
Yeah, it I was is. About to, I was about to say Harry Anto got into the fight there as well because I hate <laughs> JR, but <laughs> Hartley. Uh, did you see he's he's testing for uh, Super yes, Formula? I did. I saw that. His name is Rio, and he'll find a car somewhere else. And he and he's racing in Japan. Japan. It's probably a shorter commute home <laughs> than Abu Dhabi. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, Raikkonen and Verstappen actually move through that Fairline Magnuson battle. Right. Um, yeah, it was a, that was. I, I love when that happens. When the, and everyone was always trying to like use the, the the you know the the confusion and the arrow to try and maybe jump somebody <laughs> with them as well. But yeah, the coattails. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Magnuson didn't move over fast enough for Verstappen, so Verstappen was just like weaving back and forth, making a point, <laughs> and then passed him at like a really awkward part. Uh, forcing Magnuson to back off. So, Verstappen's one of those drivers that if they had horns on the cars, he'd he'd be beeping them a lot. Yes, in those situations, right. him and Vettel. Uh, Verstappen or not Verstappen? Verline actually does make a pass after that first DRS zone, but was quickly mm. retaken by Magnuson. Um, but it, it was fun to be rooting for Verline. You know, right. I don't I don't often do that. Uh, I, I I really feel for that guy. I. I I feel for any driver who's, you know, stuck in the back of the field. Yeah. Uh, like that with, with an inferior car. Um, another I have side like, note. I've, I've like hardly any notes after this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just have a weird side note here saying they keep showing what I assume are famous people, but I don't know who they are. <laughs> There's a guy in the Ferrari pit wearing red sunglasses and a jacket. Yeah, I I kind of felt is. like I should have known who he was as well. Somebody email in because or tweet us because they fucking showed him a thousand times, and I was like, "Are you? Do you own Ferrari?" I you, I have to assume soccer whenever that happens. I I would have known if it was a soccer an Italian soccer player, I think, huh. or I or a musician, some sort right. of dance famous Italian musician, Pavarotti. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Maria Callas. There you go. That's all the Italian musicians I know. Uh, uh, up at the front Hamilton's hovering around 1.2 seconds away from Botas until Botas locks it up slightly around uh, lap 49 Fuck, Hamilton closes up but damn it sorry go on wait what <laughs> Ray Collins is American damn it okay. I only know one Italian musician <laughs> and he's dead uh, Hamilton closes up and doesn't get past uh, there's a shot of Ricardo in the garage sitting chatting with his pit crew <laughs> And uh, can't wait to go home. It looks like he has already pounded two beers, but oh, I, you're kidding! I think That's I don't know crazy. if you can do that, right? Do they I, have? Can you bring your own beer? I mean, you're Di Ricardo. You fucking make your own beer, so he's probably <laughs> always got like two cans in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I suppose they could be waters, but they were they were glass bottles just sitting at his feet. <laughs> uh, Kombucha. On, there you go. And on that note, Ricardo and the rest of us watch the 2017 season draw to a close as Botas wins the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, uh, which, I, I don't know, it was great to see Botas winning over Hamilton yeah. legitimately. And yeah, it's totally. The, he was super pumped as well. The first ever Grand Slam for Botas, the win of the race, the pole position, and the fastest lap. Oh, did he get fastest lap? I think so, oh, yes. Okay. Nice work. But yeah, a good, uh, good interview uh, with him, David Cop. Coltard and uh, Martin Brundle on the the podium. He said something like, "You know, we we Finns just because we Finns don't show our emotions doesn't mean we don't have them." So yeah, 
Uh, I thought that it was, was nice. Really... His uh, his wife was in the crowd as well. Um, who I don't I don't want to sound mean, but she looks like she looks like female Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> they look like fucking twins. <laughs> it's like I was like they cut they cut to her, and I was like, oh, you are Valtteri Bottas's wife. I'm, gu- I'm guessing because why would the sister they wouldn't put on? But she's the spitting image of him. It was amazing. Their yeah, children I... are going to look identical to them. <laughs> Just clones, <laughs> little little Valtteri, but little emotionless, amazing driving clones. Um, yeah, I always I feel bad that he has to like explain that like they're a bit more reserved with, with their emotions. Um, I mean, he screams into the microphone now when he wins, right? So yeah, he, he clearly cares. Um, it's a it's a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. It totally is a stereotype, and, and it's and it's one. Of, it's 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 funny how like some stereotypes were like we're kind of okay with them. You know, it's like. Yeah, you know, we we've kind of learned as a society now that it's like not okay to say that like Asian people are good at certain subjects, right? Like we we used to think that type of positive racism was kind of okay and endearing, but like it's not. And also, I feel like with the Finnish stuff, it's kind of like that as well, right? Like that's kind of a mean thing to say that yeah. you're like you don't have emotions, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Okay, like if I cut if you cut me, do I not bleed? Kind of thing, right? Um, but he was very gracious about it, uh, and uh, just seems like an all around good dude. Yeah, I like him a lot. I'm I'm hoping next year he seems to have addressed the fact that he is like not been as competitive as he would like. Um and uh hey, great end to the it's what happened Nico Rosberg the season before last, right when he had a big rally at the end of the season, caught up a little bit with Hamilton and it gave him that confidence and the next season he came in and he killed it. So maybe yeah. the same thing will happen with Valtteri. I, I wouldn't begrudge him that at all. I saw somebody say, and I don't know if this is true, but uh, that Hamilton has never won a race after... That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a, fuck, he's won plenty of races. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after he has secured the championship. Oh, that's... That, I mean... I mean, that... In, mm, I would love to see if that's the case. That that I can imagine that being the case. Put it that yeah. way. Like, he definitely takes his foot off the gas a little bit once... Uh, once he's uh, he's won. It. When was the last time we won? Twenty fifteen was the last time we won before this. Before this year, um, yes. Let me see. Let me just check. I've got I've got the Wikipedia page open here. I'm not I'm not sure when he won the championship then. But if I look at enough, uh, if I look at enough um, of his, so he came. Okay, that probably makes sense. He came second in Mexico, Brazil, and Abu Dhabi at the end of that season. Mm. So presumably, did he win it in America that year? He might have won it in America that year. So okay, so he's came second in all three of those races at the end. Let's have a look at twenty fourteen as reference for that. He won Abu Dhabi, so I wonder did he win the championship? No, he didn't. He won the championship that year by like sixty points, and he won Abu Dhabi. So ah, uh, okay. So that that's out. That's thrown out. Nico Rosberg came fourteenth in that race. Oof! Fuck up! Fuck happened there? Mm-hmm. That's really bad. That was his. He came first and second in, or retired in, in that whole season and then came 14th at Abu Dhabi. I have to look up that. I can't remember it. Yeah, so sorry. Debunked. All right. Uh, not debunked, though. Hulkenberg holds on for Renault to get sixth yeah. place, uh, earning $7 million for his team. Congratulations. Well done. And Kimi Raikkonen secures fourth place as well, much to yes. the, the, the disdain of the perhaps now totally drunk Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> That's a stereotype, Danny. <laughs> no, it's not. Is that a stereotype of Australian people? Is it? I think the stereotype is that they live in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Ah. And 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 
lots of people with uh, bald heads covered in powder are chasing after after men in leather jackets. That's I think their guitars and flames. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fuck. Also, interestingly, Botas, Hamilton, and Vettel each have thirteen podiums this year. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, that's a little cool. stat to I make guess. you go, huh? Yeah, Botas is mostly not on the top rung, but uh, yeah, consistency, man, it gets you somewhere. Like that's been the problem with Red Bulls all year. They lost out in fourth place because of a problem with the car. They Max Verstappen's the tail of his entire season was races where he wasn't finishing and races where he was doing well. Like. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, I think his lowest position for any race that he finished this year. Okay, his lowest position was was tenth in Monza, but apart from that, it was fifth. Like that's that's really good, as long as you take away the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven retirements he had. Like that's too many. Ricardo had one, two, three, four, five, six. So he ends almost as badly as as uh, as Verstappen did. And the same thing. His lowest position in a race that he finished was sixth he had one of those he had one five two fives and the rest were four and above like the problem they had was retirements i compare it to raikkonen two retirements all year valtteri bottas one retirement sebastian vettel two retirements lewis hamilton zero like if you can get the car on the track that's half the battle and red bulls just weren't able to do it this year yeah and i think hamilton became only the second person after michael schumacher to go an entire season uh without retiring that's amazing. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, I have some... Well, let's finish out here the uh, the uh, finishing. <laughs> uh, finish out those finishings. Yeah, Botas in first, Hamilton in second, Vettel in third, Raikkonen in fourth, uh, Verstappen in fifth, Hulkenberg sixth, Perez in seventh, Ocon in eighth, Alonso in ninth, and Massa in tenth. Getting a point in his final race. <laughs> Getting a point. Until next year. <laughs> Alonso was faster than you still. Yeah, yes. Uh, Grosjean, always the bridesmaid in 11th. Um, Van Dorn, 12th. <laughs> then we got Magnussen. Verline in 14th. Uh, ahead of Hartley, Gasly, Ericsson, and Stroll in 18th. Signs and Ricardo, mm. DNFs. Driver of the day in Abu Dhabi, Valtteri Bottas. There you go. Uh, and yeah, driver standings. Let's do one last run down here. Do it. Uh, Lewis Hamilton secures the driver championship with 363. Sebastian Vettel uh, in second place with 317. Valtteri Bottas is 305. Raikkonen's got 205 to Danny Rick's 200. Uh, Max Verstappen in sixth place with 168. Perez in seventh with 100. Uh, Ocon in eighth with 87. Sainz has 54. Uh, Hulkenberg with 43, tied with Felipe Massa for 10th place. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> uh, Lance Stroll, only three points behind his teammate uh, in, in 12th with 40 points. Grosjean's got 28, Magnussen with 19. Uh, Alonso, 17. Van Dorn, 13. Uh, Palmer's got eight. Uh, Van Verlein and Kafiat <laughs> both have five. Marcus Harrison, mm. Pierre Gasly, Antonio Giovinazzi, Brendan Hartley, Jensen Button, Paul DeResta, <laughs> and anyone else who looked at a Formula One car this year have zero points. Do you want do you want some stats on retirements for the bottom half to see the pic, pic, picture that that paints? Sure. Uh, Paul DeResta and Jensen Button have 100% retirements. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A race, a race uh, driven each, both of which they neither finished. Uh, Brendan Hartley has a 50% retirement rate in his four races. 
He came 13th position and in USA, retired twice, and then finished, of course, in uh, Abu Dhabi. And Donio Giovinazzi came 12th in his first race in Australia, retired in China, and then obviously gave his seat back. Um, but Pierre Gasly, who has raced in... It would have been the final six races if they hadn't swapped him out um, uh, for, for Danny for that one race. Um, Danny actually did quite well. In, uh, Pierre Gasly finished all his races. Um, you know, not particularly high, 14th, 13th, 13th, 12th, 16th, but he managed to get the car around, and, you know, that's that's not bad. And he's not getting points yet, but if he was up in the points, that would be uh, pretty good form. Yeah. Uh, I, I have here also the um, qualifying performance for teammates, uh, which I always think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Hamilton outqualified Valtteri Bottas 13-7. to 7. Okay. Uh, Hamilton got 11 first places, Botas with four. Um, Danny Rick, uh, oh, and that's for that's for uh, grid position. Mm. Sorry. Uh, Danny Rick, seven to Max's 13. Wow. Yeah. Uh, although, I actually would love to see this contrasted with how they finished, though. Yeah. Like, how... How did they, uh, who won in qualifying and then who won in races <laughs> would be very different for Red Bull. Uh, Ferrari, Sebastian Vettel out qualified Raikkonen, uh, 15 to five. Force India, yeah, that's, Perez. That's pretty dominant. That's the, that's fairly dominant. Yeah. Uh, Perez over Ocon, uh, 13 to seven. Uh, and Williams, Massa over Stroll, 17 to two. Uh, although Stroll. Jeez. One over uh, Paul DeResta, one to zero. <laughs> uh, McLaren, Alonso's 16 <laughs> over Stoffel Van Dorn's three. There you go. Uh, and Jensen Button, one over Stoffel Van Dorn. And then, oh, God, that's so sad. <laughs> Toro Rosso looks really weird uh, this season. Signs outqualified Kafiat eight to six, and uh, Pierre Gasly, two to zero. Danny Kafiat, though, outqualified Brendan Hartley. Uh, one to zero and brendan hartley out qualified pierre gasly two to one <laughs> uh grosjean out qualified magnuson uh 12 to eight so fairly uh fairly uh consistently with those guys yeah, yeah. uh reno nico hulkenberg out qualified julian palmer want to take a guess every 100%. single time yeah <laughs> 16 to zero <laughs> Uh, and Sick. outqualified Carlos Sainz Jr., uh, three to one. Mm. Uh, for Sauber, Pascal Verline outqualified Marcus Ericsson, eleven to seven, and Ericsson outqualified uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, two to zero. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I would I would say that Ferrari performance, uh, Fettel over Raikkonen, they're both world champions, uh, and that's that's a stomping. There you go. World champions. World you know, there, champions. There was, there, was, there was plenty more world champions that weekend. Did you see the F1 eSports 2017 yes. grand final? Oh, man. What a finish. You want to see uh, some gesticulating video game players? Go fucking watch that right now. <laughs> fucking uh-uh. ramming people off the road. You didn't say the magic word. <laughs> also, it's the Formula E commentators doing that call. Oh, is the, it really? The uh, Yeah, the, the, oh, the deciding right. race, which I will, I will link 
to the uh, to that race. Yeah, go watch it. It's like 58 minutes long or something. It's 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 pretty cool. It has a pretty good ending. Yeah, it does. Good battles, man. Fucking Robin is racing in the world of <laughs> F1 esports. It certainly is. Uh, let's do the constructor standings. Mercedes on top, 668. Ferrari ends the season with 522, followed by Red Bull with 368. Force India solid fourth with 187. Williams with 83. Renault jumps to sixth with 57 points over Toro Rosso's 53. Gene House and team end in eighth place with 47. And McLaren's got 30. And Sauber's got five from one Pascal Verlein. Mm. Uh, that means Marcus Erickson, the only guy to have raced the entire season with zero points. Right. Fair play. So, what a, what a, what a wonderful <laughs> Great trophy he got, he'll get for that. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of fallout after the race. Uh, Hulkenberg's penalty was, quote, not fair, says Perez. Uh, hmm. It's from F1 Fanatic. I think the way he got back, the position was very unfair. And just a five-second penalty at the stop when you have more pace than the other car is quite good for him. You can cut the track, gain an advantage, and pay it at the pit stop, open the gap during the stint, and then it's okay. Hmm. So, uh, not happy Perez. Uh, in other news, gosh, there's. let's start with... Uh, uh, let's start with the new F1 logo. Yes. What do you say? Are you yes. a fan? Yes. I fucking love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It is, ex- I mean, all I want, I'm very one note when it comes to this. All I want is for them to reconnect with, like, the Designers Republic, like, for Wipeout 2097, <laughs> like, future international crazy you know dystopian future graphics you know chinese lettering like all that shit just like <laughs> please do that and then when they showed that video i was like fucking yes you got it you got it in fact somebody linked me after the fact um an interview with the designers of it and they totally said they they were influenced by the wipeout stuff like that was that was part of it so i'm totally into it it's great i love it it reads like f1 now it doesn't have that problem people look at the other logo too hard and they're like wait what um uh and it's like simple and it's good and and yeah i like it it's 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 less um it's less like uh, for me this hopefully points towards a new identity for f1 and i think f1 needs to be a little more exciting and less hoity-toity and up itself um, and a lot of the graphics we have now are very kind of like slick and like you know like upmarket cars which i guess they i mean they are essentially the most upmarket cars but i think something a little bit more exciting and future focused is is really good and yeah i like it I, i'm 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 a fan of it i'm a, i'm probably a fan more so of the treatment of the logo than the logo itself but um yeah i like the logo too what about you yeah i i uh, you know anytime a new logo comes around there's always this like knee-jerk reaction of like ah, it's different i don't know about this totally. uh um but the more i look at it the more i like it and the like even now going back and looking at the old formula one logo it looks so old doesn't it yeah yeah it and, lo- you know, it lo- as much as it i like, like the... some 90s stuff or something yeah for sure uh but as much as i like the visual pun of the f and the one fitting together it's a very sort of uh uh yeah it's, it's i guess that's what you call it a visual pun um it's, yeah it's almost too smart right because i guess people didn't really get it there's a lot of people yeah. that just did not even see the one in 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 that f1 i, I was totally one of them or um, or i thought i was seeing the one somewhere else but actually, the one was not there. It was over here. Right. That's what it kind of looked like to me. I was just assuming it was over. It was not in the gap. It was the other part. 
I guess that was created in 1994. I have right. this article here from um, creativereview.co.uk, which actually it goes into a lot of the uh, behind the scenes of developing something like that. But they also have mm. these great mock-ups of what it would look like with all this branding at a Formula One race. They've photoshopped it into like pictures oh, from cool. the track. Um, but yeah, they they're they've interviewed uh, uh, the team leader Richard Turley at the agency. Uh, Whedon and Kennedy in London uh, and he actually says you're right uh, in terms of influences on the project Turley name checks the work of the Designers Republic and the pre-op art graphics of Italian designer uh, Franco Grignani whose work was exhibited across two London exhibitions this year the TDR mention is interesting cool. as the identity logo and type included certainly shares an aesthetic with the sci-fi racing world that the studio designed for the classic mid-90s video game Wipeout so you're right. Love it. I mean, dude, you like if for those people who don't know, especially those who aren't like video game fans who listen to this podcast, um the intro videos for some of those wipeout games are literally historical shots of old open real race cars and then projecting that into the 21st century and showing like year by year them turning from F1 cars into essentially like you know maglev style car you yeah. know flying ships that are able to go like 400 miles an hour or whatever so that's part of the like the 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 lore of that racing series is that this is the future of f1 so it's fucking beautiful <laughs> that's, that's yeah. what they're doing like i love that that's what fans say to them and it's like incredible that they picked up on that and they, they went with it like i i'm super into the for them to ha- for them to take this decision shows that they're not worried about sticking to the old way of doing things. Like for them to go this far means oh yeah they they don't care. They're like we're gonna make something cool and we're gonna make it our own. And I'm I'm totally into that. Yeah, I I I actually think a lot of the font treatments that they have look like uh like a mid two thousands future font. But that's <laughs> yeah. I that's per, that's exactly what I want for what Formula One is. It should make you it should right. make you grin. It should be like yeah, that's <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah yeah. It's, and it's not until you see it that you're like oh yeah, like this sport is like we there's a lot of reverence around F1. Like it's the type of sport that we look fondly back on. Like in all sports, you have your montages of your all these old drivers, and I mean people have lost their lives in the sport. Like it's a, it's a it's a really thing that like that people love and adore, and it's meaningful to them. But it's also fucking dumb. Like it's <laughs> it's like it costs so much money. We send these people with these weird names from like every corner of the world to race on these tracks we come up with reasons to make it competitive like opening flaps and having boost buttons and you know tinkering with the the thing and we laugh at team radios and like it's a it's jovial like i sit down to f1 and i'm not like putting my analysis hat on i'm like all right what fucking madness is gonna happen this time so like yeah it's it's funny like you totally hit the nail on the head when you see it you're kind of like oh yeah this is like more fun than than the, the old font was sort of like um saying yeah it's definitely it's yeah fun i think is 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 the word for it they it, i think this is emblematic of of the tone that they're going for in this uh creative review article they have a bunch of demonstrations of uh the typeface or one mm. of the typefaces and the, the words they've chosen parabolica g-force nomex nurburgring uh koanda effect autodromo chicane apex like they just what are the coolest words that we could put in this font what's nomex 
Uh, it's the I material that, was that Trump's their fire fucking suits. what they're putting on Trump's wall. <laughs> It's what is their fire suits are made of? Fire suits, Nomex. Okay, yeah. right. There you go. So yeah, uh, I'm a. I think it's. They have this one thing here, uh, of a bunch of broadcast elements, and they just look. They they look gaudy, but in a good way. <laughs> are are they changing all the broadcast? They are changing all that stuff too, right? Probably, yeah. Oh god, it's gonna be so fucking cool! I can't yeah. wait. It's gonna be like you know, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like when. When like BBC F1 back in the day had their whole new treatment, and it's like every year it's like, oh, what are you guys gonna do this year? What are you gonna? It's like unwrapping a present, um, or kind of when Sky F1 tried to do it as well, but they brought in all their weird Sky shit. Um, but that should be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. Uh, but when we move forward, we must also leave some behind. NBC Sports Network, their final broadcast. Yeah, and they do a shoey. They oh, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. I I only saw I didn't see a video of it. I only saw a picture of it. But uh, that was yeah. That's Fair great. play to them. Did they do it in like their 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 normal? Oh, I'm in looking at the picture of it now. Oh, this is so funny. Yeah, they're all in, like so suits. good. They're all in suits, drinking from like. I wonder what they are. Oh, here I've got there's a video of it here. Um. Oh my God, that's so funny. I love it. Fair play to them. That's that's cool. I'm I'm sad for them. It's they've been doing it for a while now right you've been watching on for a couple of years so it's yeah a sad that. and you know I, I i have a fondness for those guys hmm. it's just that you know the, the the situation they are in uh is is a rough one right right um david hobbs uh the the the, the go-to driver commentator um gave an interview with racer uh which is you know he's <laughs> Uh, he's not too happy about the whole situation, but he does have sort of an indication of what the future will be with ESPN. Right. Um, he says that the deal ESPN has is terrible. Uh, they're not paying any rights fees. They haven't got any studio shows, so there aren't any production costs. It's meant to be a generic broadcast team from across the ocean. Oh, that no. is irritating that we're being ousted by what will be an inferior show. To be pushed out by a pathetic deal, uh, including for the viewer, is sad. However, uh, this from autoweek.com, Sean Bratches, the commercial head of F1, says that each Formula One race will be broadcast live in the U.S. on ESPN, ESPN2, or ABC in 2018, and that all practice and qualifying sessions will be live as well. ESPN won't, however, have its own crew at races, relying instead on the feed produced by Britain's Sky Sport. Yeah, okay, there you go. So if that's true, it's definitely not inferior. No, it's not. That's... I mean, yeah, I, I, I was kind of wondering where the where the ceiling was for Sky, to be honest, and all this, in, in that, like, they're trying to grow the, the market as well, but they're stuck out in the UK with only, you know, a, a fraction of the, the, you know, quarter or less of the, the population of America. So that's obviously really good for them as well, I imagine, that they're going to, they're going to get that stuff over there. And, like, ultimately that's mainstream sports big sports do need that type of centralized um like aesthetic so i think it actually is it's good for liberty and it's good for the sport for at least the english-speaking um worlds to be sort of behind one it's not necessarily good for like media monopolies but i can see from their perspective that it's that it's a good thing um uh yeah, and I mean, if they're going to show everything as well live, that's that's also pretty cool because I know NBC Sports Network didn't show everything live, right? Right. Uh, I just, I, you know, it's going to suck with commercials. There's no way around it. And they're still doing it on ESPN as well? 
They have to. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, I you know, uh, <laughs> they're not going to do a two-hour chunk without commercials. Do, do they do picture-in-picture? Picture? Well, NBC Sports Network did a side-by-side thing where the right. race would become the size of a postage stamp and you wouldn't hear the audio. You would only hear the audio of the commercials. Okay. Uh, I don't At least know, there's that, I guess, but... Yeah, that's not great. I will say as well, the NBC crew, I love the shoey, but they definitely did them in brand new fucking shoes. <laughs> They're like, they, they, I'd, I'd fucking eat a casserole out of one of these shoes. They look great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yes, I, I'm looking forward to 2018. That's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to 2018, uh, is to see just uh, hopefully the changes will be for the better. And hopefully they get their, you know, over the top, as they say, uh, mm. internet solution for Formula right. One up and going. Uh, also excited for 2018, Alfa Romeo has partnered with Sauber. Oh, oh sorry, what did you call them? Alfa Romeo. Sauber? They're not yes. called Sauber anymore, are they? They're no, they're not. Alfa Romeo Sauber. Uh, I think it's Alfa Romeo Ferrari hyphen Sauber, or Sauber hyphen Ferrari. Yeah, you know why? Because if it wasn't, the acronym would be ARSE, <laughs> which is what I will call them all next year. Put my foot down. ARSE. Uh, my car is ARSE. Fiat and uh, Ferrari share the same boss in Sergio Marchionne. Mm. This is from BBC, who described the arrangement as, quote, a multi-year technical and commercial partnership agreement. Sauber are expected to run Ferrari protege Charles Leclerc next season. The other car will be raced by either current driver Marcus Ericsson of Sweden or Ferrari Reserve Antonio Giovinazzi. Ooh. So they have not come out and said, you know, confirmed either way with any of their drivers yet, but that right. seems like a rough way to go for Verline if he does right. not get that Williams seat, which also yeah. they have not said anything about. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see, I guess, on that. I wonder once one of those is... I wonder will both those decisions come in one go once it's all sort of... It happens. Yeah, prob- I, I would expect so. The dominoes. Yeah, exactly. Not many left. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you watch any Formula 2 this season? No, I did not. I didn't uh, know what it was. I kept looking for GP2 and I couldn't Google it anywhere, so I stopped <laughs> looking. <laughs> Uh, I am a huge Leclerc fan after watching a few uh, Formula 2 races. He is the real deal. Um, he sounds like, his name makes him sound like, I imagine he looks like Gaston from Blue, Beauty and the Beast. He, I don't really know what he looks like, <laughs> but maybe. Uh, it's spelled Leclerc. He's uh, Monegasque. Ooh. Yes, from Monaco. <laughs> uh, and hopefully, with this new partnership as well as Sauber using 2018 Ferrari engines as opposed to uh, 2016 Ferrari engines, uh, this will mean he will get to shine instead of languish in the back of the field. Right. Um, but, you know, who knows? Can I always go back to Monaco, where I'm sure he has a normal blue-collar job. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, still no conversation of Williams is number two. Uh, Kubica looked good in practice, however, mm. um, in the Abu Dhabi sessions. He did uh, 100 laps on day one, which is two race distances, uh, showing that he can do it with his with that injury that he sustained mm. in that rally accident. And his best lap was two seconds off of Stroll. So, um, uh, there's a there's a good uh, article from ESPN uh, with him talking about kind of all that stuff, uh, his injury included, and 
Um, you know, he doesn't, it's just a, it's just a good look into like, his attitude. And, you know, I don't really know that much about Robert Kubica because I, I wasn't watching when he was there. Uh, I think his accident happened in 2011. Right. Um, but, you know, I think Hamilton and Vettel have both said like it, he could have won the championship that season if it had not been for the accident. So the dude is good at driving Formula One cars. Mm. Uh, but he does say in this article, which I will link in the show notes at F1.cool, uh, that they're pretty much entirely different from when he was driving. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I don't know, that's kind of cool to, to know that the, the, the sport is evolving at, at that kind of a pace. Hmm. Uh, also new for next year, we've got not only, as we mentioned in previous episodes, uh, the Hypersoft tire, as oh it is God. now called, uh, which confused me because I was like, why are you getting even softer? Why don't you go harder with the names? Uh, they are, it, it turns out. We not oh. only have a hypersoft, we have a super hard. Jesus Christ. How many tires are they choosing from this year? Like We've 58. got super hard, it's which like is orange. wine list now. <laughs> hard, which is blue. Medium is white. Soft is uh, yellow. Super soft is red. Ultra soft is purple. And hyper soft is pink. What, what are they going to do when it's like breast cancer awareness day and they're all pink? They can't... <laughs> so many pit lane confusions everyone's on ultra soft for the whole race it's like four pit stops each yeah. i'd be fucking into that actually that'd be great yeah that'd uh, raise some money for breast cancer awareness i'll tell you that much fucking everyone yeah. watched that race they actually tested the hypersoft tires at that abu dhabi, dhabi test and hamilton says it is the best tire pirelli have ever produced is he shit talking all their old tires but is what he's i don't know yeah, like, this is the best tire guys way to go this is the best one. And even this is shit. <laughs> the best comment I saw from this uh, was from a Robert McKay on F1 Fanatic who says, you know what we're missing? The super medium. <laughs> I demand a super medium tire. <laughs> Ultra medium. <laughs> You've yes. never seen a tire <laughs> so medium. <laughs> yeah. We need to rename those. Oh, I don't know. I think it's ridiculous and, and funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Fernando Alonso has an esports team now, whatever that means. A what? For what? Dota? <laughs> yup. <laughs> He's way into league. The fucking Fernando Alonso deck chairs. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, yeah. He's I an esports team in what? In like in F1 esports? It's, or? It says, I read some article that was like, he, he'll be, you know... Uh, fielding teams in multiple series like they're uh, i don't know it's yeah, here it I, is, an I, end gadget article oh it's a very short article you can tell it's very vague yeah 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 he so, oh here's a quote alonso explained the move as a logical extension each f1 driver is quote-unquote a gamer at heart he said that's fair point. Okay. And virtual racing opens doors for younger audience that might not get a chance in the real world. Did you say There's virtual racing or virtual racing? Virtual racing. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. He's gonna be a virtual fighter and Gran Turismo <laughs> esports team. Virtual racing serves as a promotional tool. Yeah, so it looks like it's gonna be some some form of virtual racing. But I'm trying to think what the what's the go to. Like I know the F1 game they've been pushing really hard this year, but. 
Like, I wonder what the go-to racing game is now. Is it has Project Cars taken over that mantle from some of the uh, I think it's like the, the R Factor stuff, or yeah, yeah like I don't know, because Project Cars is like Project Cars is pretty cl- like you can play that game pretty close to R Factor, like not like like eighty percent of the way maybe. So I don't know, and has that accessibility that that game doesn't have. I don't even think of R Factor as a game. I think of it as like a like a tool, like a simulation yeah. tool. That's, that's the way that uh, I I went down a rabbit hole. I think one one weekend with uh, <laughs> iRacing and started like downloading telemetry plugins. Right. Oh my oh, god. Man. The choice awesome. of uh, the choice of Max Verstappen and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh really? Yeah. Didn't Dale Jr. do his last race? He did. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, and like they're a really good. Um, someone linked us. Oh, on that Twitter. little video presentation they did. Yeah, a really yeah, good sweet. like send off video that Budweiser did. Yeah, uh, he got him. to walk away from the track by his own, you know, on his own terms, which of course his father didn't. So it's it's a yeah, fitting and nice. Yeah. Uh, but from the world of esports, Danny, let's take it around the world of a race. Oh, I think for one last time in 2018, let's go for a race around the world. What's left? What's what's going on? The World Touring Car Championship, Danny, is at the Los Sale International Circuit in Doha, which is not Dota, Qatar, for Qatar. their final event of the season. And as you know, winter is when most racing series come to an end. But guys, Formula E is back. Fucking can't keep those electric robot cars in the away from the snow. They just fucking love it. It's like cocaine to them. They stick their fucking wings in them. Love it. Especially in Hong Kong, where there is no snow. This Saturday and Sunday, the race one and race two kick off the 2017-2018 season of Formula Just wait a month. Just wait a month. Call it the 2018 season. Just, like, why bother? Yeah, with the hyphen? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, redundant. Or it's just season four. Yeah, call it season four. Season four of Formula E is really good. That's when they do the... Is that the the Amsterdam one, or is that the the one with the union <laughs> that, workers? That's on where the... they get off the island. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah. Oh yeah, right, yeah. But the writer strike happened, so it's all a bit. <laughs> Everyone has beards. Yeah. Uh, also, I heard from a few people on Twitter that the Australian Supercars season this season, uh, 2017, was fantastic. So if you're looking oh, really? for something to binge watch in the off season, uh, I really like supercars and you can get the whole season for around 30 us dollars. Nice. Uh, at supercars.com slash super I point that out specifically. Cause I think if you go to supercars.com, you'll get spoilers. So supercars.com slash super is how you would sign. I up might, that. you know what? I might get this and watch this over the break. I think that, cause I know nothing about this. So I don't know any, I, I wouldn't, I don't know a driver's name, so I couldn't possibly be spoiled. So it's yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to get into. I think the commentators do a really good job, um, and the the presentation and the the app is is uh, well. Wait a second, is it an app? I think what I did was load it up on my phone and AirPlay it to my Apple TV. I think that's right. how I did it. Yeah, you're right. It's only thirty bucks. Yeah, for the whole that's season. That's really good. Yeah, forty forty Australians, so thirty dollars. That's that's pretty cool. Um, by the way apologies to our friends down under on the southern hemisphere of course it is not winter where you are but you know <laughs> right. gotta worry for those fucking bald guys with the with the cars you know chasing <laughs> after you so yeah be on the lookout 
Yeah, uh, watch out I've, I've also been watching a lot of MotoGP this season. So, uh, so if you, another great thing to, if you're looking for something to watch, if you've never, if you know nothing about MotoGP, uh, you could check out our Alt F1 primer uh, with one Gurk. Oh, Gurk on her Dermley. I miss him so much. Yes. Uh, or you, you, And or watch the documentary Hitting the Apex as a primer. Oh, yeah. uh, and if then you're you a fan can... of Brad Piss, that's also a good one to watch. <laughs> yeah. And then so subscribe weird. to MotoGP Video Pass, which is also, I think, $30 for the 2017 season. But uh, Wow, is it that cheap? That's amazing. I, I don't think I signed up this year. It's. Actually. I think it's like it's over a hundred bucks for the season while you're watching it. Yeah, uh, I think that's what I was on. I think I did the. I think I was on. I was on that last year. Wait, so what's the thirty bucks? The thirty bucks is for the last season. You so you won't get. Oh, that's. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's cool. Yeah. Right. Huh. Um. Shoutouts this week on Twitter. Follow at Shift F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run across. I'm at Danny. Uh, I'm not at Danny O'Dwyer. Is he fucking? Uh, he is. What? But I, Keep your juice but I am at away from me. Uh, shout out this week to Sila, uh, who pointed out that the new F1 logo looks a lot like the um, the uh, racing team from Wipeout, Fizar. Oh, it totally does. Yeah, that Which, italicized F. Yeah, I will yeah. put that Fi- in the show Fi- notes. Fizar being the, uh, the the default team as well. They're like the the one that you play as most of the time. At yeah. the start, anyway. I saw that and and CC'd uh, Cal Scuthorpe, uh, I think is how yeah. you pronounce it, a.k.a. at BuzzClick, who had created a while ago um, a, a new Force India icon. Right. Um, uh, or logo that uh, was really super cool. Uh, he also created a bunch of, as if everyone at Giant Bomb had their own wipeout team. Oh, that's great! Which are fantastic as well. I think he's got a, he's got a thing for the wipeout stuff, and frankly, who doesn't? But Sila, aka at Sila on Twitter, also pointed out that uh, it's not just the logo guys who are pointing out that everything needs to be like wipeout. It's also managing director of Renault Sport F1, Cyril Abitable. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Uh, who says uh, in an interview with Ro- uh, Road and Track Magazine? Road and Track asks, "So, how can F1 evolve to those uh, changing audience expectations?" And uh, Abitable says, maybe we need to go towards shorter races. Maybe we need to have visual elements on the cars that are really impressive. I don't know if you know the old video game Wipeout. Oh. Maybe that should be the vision of Formula One. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but not that much. It's full of light. It's full of cover, color. It's full of different types of noises. Sometimes you have a booster, but then it's like Mario Kart. So you don't want to go that direction. Although we already go a little bit in that direction. But in my opinion, we are a bit too shy. We don't do it in the right way. It's a great quote. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, let's just have... I mean, they have the EJ already over doing that Formula E shit. Get him over and play some Prodigy and Future Sands of London, and we're <laughs> we're, we're done. We have Explosive for, f- you know, 78 laps of Monaco. Let's do it. Uh, amazing. EC, a.k.a. at Eduardo Paolo, uh, writes in and says, uh, Slash Fiction Writers are going to go to town on this. And it is... A uh, official F1 YouTube video uh, asking each driver what other driver they would take to a deserted island. Oh. I won't give it away, but uh, it's pretty good. I'll link that in the show notes. Oh, yeah? Uh, does, also, does anyone say Take Inoue? <laughs> I don't think so. Good. So I, he's still free. Okay, I take him. I was trying to think of that guy's name, and all I could come up with was Takfuji. <laughs> 
Zach Fuji, another a sort of uh, equally, I w- I don't want to say a comical character because that's that's reductive, but like somebody who is has has a, had a comical moment in their own industry. Yes, of course the the <laughs> wonderful famous Konami press conference from E three whatever it was twenty or no, it was Gamescom I think it was twenty eleven. Uh, oh, what was it? Oh, it was so good. If you have not seen it, if you have not him, you you will be sucked. <laughs> one <laughs> million troops. Dan's one million troops. If you have not seen that, that is a that is a real hot, cool five minute montage. Probably <laughs> the E three twenty ten um, Konami press conference. Okay, ninety nine nights. It's great. There's a little bit of like of like soft racism happening there as well, with some of those jokes. But some of it is genuinely funny. Like you I mean, be he he's he's hamming it up. Oh, he's great. Have you ever met him? I've never met him. No, he, he's totally like that. Yeah, like that's his. That's kind of his thing. So it's like it's not like because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, like yeah, that's funny. Where are we like taking a piss out of someone? But he's actually like he he he's a very he's a character. There's a reason why he was presenting a press conference. <laughs> Right, yes. Uh, also, a bunch of people wrote in. Andrew Ha, Marco Georgievich. Georgievich? Yeah. Uh, R Sharp, Tohir T, and Chris Roberts all uh, sent us on Twitter uh, this <laughs> uh, touring car opening lap of the uh, yeah FIA GT World Cup in Macau. Did you see this? I did not see this. I'm, oh, I'm man. I'll look it up. It's a here. I'll I'll send it to you. It is uh, it's the first lap of the Macau Grand Prix. Okay. Fast forward to about uh, a minute forty five, and you will see uh one of the more hilarious opening lap incidents. Okay, don't tell me. Don't tell me. One minute forty five. You think I should look at? Yeah. Okay, one minute forty five. I'm gonna go from one. F- I'm worried, so I'm gonna go from one forty five. Okay, one forty three. Here we go. Okay. Okay, they're going around. This is I'd love to just time. hear your reaction. Fr- oh no! Oh no! Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! If, okay, let me just explain what I'm seeing to everyone here. Do you know when you go to like you want to get rid of your car and you go to one of those places where they just have them all like on top of each other? That's kind of what this racetrack turned into. <laughs> I guess this is not the tight... This is a very tight track. Yes. And I guess yeah. somebody crashed and then everyone just barreled into them. But how many fucking cars are in this crash? Like 20? So many. Oh my... It's abs- That's This is like something you'd like run in a simulator for fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking crazy. And they keep crashing into the back. That's yeah. unbelievable. How did they fucking... How did they restart this race? It must have taken forever. Yeah, I don't to get know. all these cars out. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's a that's a real hot red flag right there. Wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, huh? I will link that in the show notes. Wait, Everyone walks qual- away. Wait, Everyone's wait, fine. Wait, that was qualification. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a qualification race. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't I know. Like, I was like, why are they driving so close to each other? Qualification. You fucking nutballs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, Minty Snacks, a.k.a. at Minty Snacks, writes in uh, with an update from uh, that weird a weird discovery we made. He says Jensen Button, uh, or she, Minty Snacks, uh, says Jensen Button still perpetrating, or yes, perpetrating, perpetuating maybe, uh, <laughs> that odd beer shell company thing. 
you remember this? Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, what's it called? Blue something. Blue Coast Brewing. Blue Coast it's a it's an F1 uh, brewing company owned by what appears to be a random assortment of sporting stars. Some of yeah. which are in F1, some are not. It's like Daniel Ricciardo, uh, Jensen Button, um, uh, Tiffany Cromwell. She's apparently an Aussie pro cyclist. Uh, really just a motley crew of people. Oh, and <laughs> David Coulthard's wife. Who's a, yeah. who's a TV presenter. Natalie Pinkman, who is also on the F1 stuff for them, for Sky. And lest we forget, Noah Wiley. <laughs> Wait, fucking the doctor from ER? Yes. What? <laughs> the guy who played Steve Jobs in that made-for-TV movie. What the fuck? Really? Is, was he, yes. on, he wasn't on it before. He was. We, for, we didn't mention him. You're kidding. We skipped over Noah Wiley on it. Yeah. The Dr. Carter himself. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Bluecoastbrewing.com. Uh, as I responded to uh, uh Mindy Snacks on Twitter, I would love to try this beer, but I'm afraid I would be drafted into a cult. Yeah, a little bit. This does seem like a sort of a a It's almost like, you know, like those eyes wide shut like sex like parties. This is yeah. like kind of like a, a like a shit European version, or it's like I mean Jensen Button is very beautiful, firm? but like some of these people, like I mean Eugene Lafferty, <laughs> didn't even notice he was in here. Yeah, Noah Wiley. Yep. Why uh, the f- what the fuck is this about? It looks to be um, let's see. Why it's is in doing? Nice? It is a, uh, a uh, yeah, it's in Nice, France. So if you're in Nice, let, let us know how the the Blue Coast Brewing beer is. They literally just like posted on their Facebook yesterday. They're gonna be closed to tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> Where are they open? What is going on? There's a picture of Blue Coast and some what appears to be some sort of chicken wings or fish. The, their Instagram, which is Blue Coast Brewing, is just pictures of the beer brewery you know um uh, kegs and and stuff and then interspersed with old photos of formula one right yeah here's Jensen like Button drinking a beer yeah here's like here's some hops and like none of the pictures are really like they're not really referencing much like here's a picture of an f1 driver somebody in a sidecar leaning uh-huh. out of a, of a fucking for some insane type of race and then the post itself is just about how it's something on Saturday something's happening I don't know I don't understand anything anymore but we, oh, the uh, only thing I do know is we we need to get some of this I don't know how we do it Drew but I need I hate the cans it looks awful <laughs> but I I want I want it because it's got Daniel Ricardo and he's such a <laughs> lovable scamp yeah uh <laughs> There is a picture here of a man with a beard and flannel, so it is definitely a craft brewery. Right. That, yeah. That might be Eugene Lafferty with his dodgy mustache. There's a yeah. picture here that has like a, like a, it's Eugene Lafferty and, and um, two women, I'm not sure if they're part of the, the crew, um, holding out Blue Coast um, glasses, and it has like a sepia type 
sort of Instagram filter on it. Uh-huh. But because Eugene Lafferty has that dodgy mustache, it literally looks like it's a picture from the 70s. Yes. <laughs> and also because they're wearing like chic clothing from Europe. Uh-huh. So the whole thing just like, as opposed to this picture of, say, let's see Daniel Ricardo, who's wearing a baseball cap while drinking um, his beer. It's, no filter. Hashtag no filter. I know. Where do I buy Blue Coast? Where I need I to go buy like uh, Bevmo or something and say, can you order this weird beer? Totally. Uh, right now, it seems the only places you can buy it are Monaco. <laughs> okay. Monaco, Saint-Tropez, and basically anywhere in between. Huh. I guess that's the Blue Coast, is it? Is that what they're getting at? Oh, oh it is. It's on the bo- It's on the bottle. It's like a local brew for rich fucks. It's like a local <laughs> brew. Oh my god. I guess we have to go to Monaco next year, Drew. I guess so. Only way Jeez. to get that beer. Yeah. Go for the beer for stay for the racing. Exactly. Ah. <sighs> well, the season. That's the season. We did it. We got uh, to the end. As always, you can find our show notes at f1.cool along with how to subscribe to the podcast <laughs> via RSS, iTunes, Google Play, <laughs> wherever podcasts are sold. Although uh, there won't be an episode for quite a while, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, Relax. Yeah, watch watch Formula E, uh, Supercars, MotoGP, you know, no clip. Sure. Cloth map? There you go. When's your Brazil thing? When's episode two going up? I watched the first one. It was fucking great. Well done. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm shooting for next week. Excellent yeah which one's that what that's on that'll be about uh it'll be about um kind of uh fandom i guess in brazil cool um it's it's kind of a grab bag uh but uh yeah i think it'll be fun i'm trying to hit two a two-week cadence that's good gives people time to to watch the next one yeah because i was really erratic with uh (laughs) with ukraine just trying to figure out this whole business it's real it's real hard to what i've learned is that the hardest thing about doing all this stuff is editing it yes. like takes so much time and you can't really plan it it takes like weeks yeah and if to, describing that to someone who has never edited video before is it you can't you just can't do it yeah it's like painting something it's like you have all the paints and you have the canvas but like it has to take time you can't yeah. just do it all you need to do the base coach and you need to do the thing and then it takes a while and you got to figure it out and we'll do all that stuff and it's just like one of these things that you wish you could power through it but you just you soak the same amount of hours in it doesn't come out faster it just takes as long as it takes yeah yeah so i got more of that to do i've just finished up the grand theft auto online thing which is going to oh, go up nice. next week the, the crew that we did it on, so we went to Tennessee and did a little video about this crew called Hillbilly Agenda, who are basically a GTA Online crew who are all, like, friends with each other, but they're a big crew. It was, like, 40 or 50 of them go to this wow. party every year. Um, but they're actually having a premiere of it in Tennessee tomorrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is really cool. And I was kind of half thinking going, but then I was like, I cannot imagine a more stressful thing to do than to sit in a room with people watching something I edited. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right. Right? Could you imagine how awful that would be? Yeah. Uh, at least the first time? Like, no. Like, maybe once it's been out for a while, but not the first. I couldn't, no. I can't do that. So, yeah. Hopefully they enjoy it. <laughs> you can watch it next week on No Clip. Nice. Well, cool. Uh, thank you, Danny. It's thank been you, a Drew. great season. Thank you, Dave Lang, wherever Thanks. you are. Thank you so much, Dave Lang, for, for helping us out so much this year. 
Thanks everyone yeah. for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year and and holidays and everything. Enjoy the enjoy the Sundays. It's great. In a way, this is like freeing because we we get a couple of months off. We get our Sunday mornings back, and we get to enjoy our friends and family, and then get to throw them all out again in three months time. Sounds like fun. Well, thank you, Danny. Uh, and thank you, all the listeners, again. Uh, how, hope you all have a good race weekend, and we will see you sometime else. Yeah. That's the sound of 50 cars piling up.